Hey everyone, this is Blake coming at you from episode 3 of Mixed Reviews. Today we interviewed Jed Jones from June Audio. Really awesome, really nice guy. So grateful for him to sit down with us and just talk the industry, talk producing, talk audio engineering. We discuss things like how engineering can come in handy while being a producer with selecting which gear you want to use. This episode kind of clocks in a little shorter than our usual target time totally fine though awesome episode nonetheless also got to get that instagram plug in which is going to be mixed reviews pod i'd also love it if you guys would go check out our Redbubble shop consider supporting us there you know keep some lights on keep some mics hot and i hope you guys enjoy this episode all right, everyone. Welcome back to Mixed Reviews. We're here sitting down with Jed Jones from June Audio. He's gracious enough to sit down with me for, you know, a little bit to, to interview him. Um, just a little background about uh, a June from where we are. Uh, they're, they've been in Provo for about, I don't know, how long would you say, Jed? I don't even know. Uh, oh, a long time. A, a very long time. long time, yes. They've worked with um, with companies such as like Atlantic Records, uh, Island Def Jam, uh, Sony, Interscope, Universal, uh, and they recently just had the Killers here, and then they also, I believe, last year they had John, just um, John Legends, <laughs> <laughs> just John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come, yeah. Me and him, you know, first name basis. Yes. Uh, we had we had him come in, but I kind of want to um, start out with uh, with you, Jed. You know, um, yeah. Where are you from? You know, how was your childhood like? Uh, were you into music? Okay, yeah. So I'm originally from Dallas, Texas, like a little bit outside of Dallas, and yeah, I was raised in doing a lot of music. You know, my mom, of course forced all of us to do piano lessons and I quit as soon as I could but through the process discovered that I really uh really like music so I started you know singing and playing just to back myself up of course because I thought I was the best most amazing singer and uh and you know for a while there I was pursuing my own music being an artist and then with time I realized I didn't really love all the aspects that come with that um, and, but I learned that production and recording is just a party. And so that's kind of where I shifted gears to. So I attended, uh, Brigham Young University, you know, here in Provo. And I studied in their commercial music program. And, uh, that's kind of that marriage of like a musical background with a little bit of recording knowledge and some production skills. And for me, once I kind of found out that program, it just kind of was, I was already at BYU. So I was like, well, this is the only major or program that makes sense for me here. And so I went for it and, um, yeah, graduated in that a couple of years back, 2014, 15. I can't even remember. Okay. That's awesome to hear. So, um, kind of leading, like leading up before college, like in high school and everything, were your parents pretty supported, supportive of you, like in your music? Or was you know was like your family musical? Do your parents play any instruments? Yeah, my parents don't play any instruments, uh, but they're very musical people, and they uh, definitely push us to be musical. So I'm actually one of eight children, and uh, we all had to take those piano lessons I mentioned, and you know you had to be doing something musical always. So you had to be in the choir or in the band or something and uh yeah so i was you know i was in choirs growing up and that kind of led to like i was in men's chorus at byu that kind of thing um and they were definitely supportive of of pursuing music and practicing really hard to be um, a good musician um they uh never really thought that any of their children would 
go do music full time. But in the end, actually, three of us children have been uh, in the music world in some form or fashion. I have one sister who's a, a very accomplished harpist, so plays the harp and played with some symphonies here in Utah and Texas. And then I have another sister who um, was more of a singer-dancer, Broadway kind of style. And then me, who the black sheep over here. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, you know, work in a recording studio. Uh, writing, producing, that kind of thing. Okay, so um, when you're in high school and like leading up, you know, senior year, did you think you were going to go into music production? Were your eyes on other things? What were your thoughts with that? Uh, no, I never really imagined I would do music full time. Because again, and you know, my home growing up, it's like, yeah, music's a great hobby and it's a passion you can follow your whole life, but you should probably get a real job, which is sometimes still a valid conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I wasn't I wasn't really thinking I would pursue music at the time. Uh, I went to BYU because a lot of my friends were going, and uh, seemed like a good you know choice for me at the time. And just started doing generals, trying to figure out what I was gonna eventually do. So, what were your parents' thoughts about um, about you going into that field? Because, like you're saying, you know, a lot of there's kind of a stigma around like you know the the music industry where it's like super hard to get into. It like you're not gonna be able to do it and everything, and like it's a dead end job. What were your parents saying about that when you, when you kind of told them? Yeah, I mean, same story. It's like, you know, music's a great hobby. Um, it's not really a, a reliable profession. Um, and uh, I'm not trying to rag my parents at all. This, I mean, I would probably say the same thing to my kid. Even now, working in music, I'd just be like, it's a bit of a crapshoot, you know? Maybe, maybe you'll find some success, uh, or maybe you'll spend a lot of money and time in an industry that won't really work out that well but you know so it's my dad's like a real estate guy so to him it was like why don't you just go get a normal job and you know do music on the side you love music that's cool uh it doesn't have to be your profession which i agree with you know music does not have to be your profession for you to continue to play shows and be in bands and you know do these types of things um but it is a very fun profession if you can make it work when do you think the moment was that you decided to like switch back? You know what? This is what I'm going to go. I'm going to go into like, I think commercial music was what you said. I'm going to go into that and pursue that. Do you, was there like a defining moment or was it kind of just like little things here and there? Um, so there was one summer when uh, I was back living at home in Texas when I got kind of linked up with a uh, producer, a music producer. And this was my first experience like, uh, actually working with someone who helped you make a track, who helped you program drums, add sections, add parts, who had connections to, oh, I have a great guitarist friend, he'll play on your track. You know, this this kind of whole world of producing and music production. Um, there was this summer when I was at home and I, was, I linked up with this music producer who had had some big credits in the past and uh, had some connections. And he was like, hey, you know, you, you seem like the kind of guy, you know, we should make a record, all this stuff. So we worked on a couple songs together, and it was so fun. I really, really enjoyed the process. And at the end, I had some, you know, songs that I thought were pretty cool and nice tracks. And then, like I was saying, kind of pursued the artist route for a while, um, playing shows here, trying to make connections. And um, there was a time in there where I, I met with a few labels. Uh, one label in particular seemed like it was a done deal, like, my dad came out for a meeting with a label, and uh, we were in L.A. with our, with this producer guy we knew. 
and we had this meeting and at the end of the meeting it was like okay i i, I think i just got like a nothing crazy but a small little record deal which i was stoked on we went to dinner thinking you know the world is ours you know like, <laughs> yeah like yeah. this we've arrived you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh of course nothing ever happened you know i, th I think the label um folded like to entirely closed within a few months and yeah like i said nothing ever came of that connection so uh it, at that time i was just like oh weird um and i wasn't really so into the self-promotion required to be an artist but through that experience i discovered that i love making music hearing your song go from me and a guitar in my bedroom to a fully produced song that you like can jam out to you know it was like a very it was very eye-opening experience for me of what music production even is that's that's awesome to hear i think that stems with a lot of like producers and, and audio engineers with that that love just kind of seeing the pro progression of the song and and the music you're making um so after college what did that look like were you did you almost like already have some maybe like internships set up? Did you already have a job set up with like a studio? No. Um, yeah. So when I graduated, I uh, didn't have any jobs lined up. I was just a freelance producer. Um, and, uh, you know, there you find projects here and there, but it's not exactly super consistent income. So um, I, I gigged a lot as a keys player and a singer to help pay my bills. So, you know, was I a producer? Yes. Was I strictly a producer living off that money? Absolutely not. You know, it was it was more of a side hustle that I wanted to become a full time thing, but it wasn't it wasn't there yet. So after uh, I can't remember, I want to say maybe a year or so or something like that of of just, um, you know, gigging and and being a kind of a local producer, I decided I wanted to yeah find an internship opportunity that maybe would open some doors. So I applied for an internship and got an internship at Electric Lady Studios in New York, which is uh, Jimi Hendrix, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. started it. So it's in the it's in the village, West Village of in Manhattan. And uh, I did a three month summer internship there. Oh, okay. And it I mean, the, the studio is such a iconic, famous studio. Absolutely. Having an internship there sounds sexy, but it was not at all it was brutal hard the worst <laughs> it was one of the hardest experiences of my life um moving to new york's exciting you know new york's an awesome town um uh, but you know i spent most of my time at this little building in the west village running around frantically trying to find the favorite chips of some famous artist who had to have this some kind of chip. Yeah. This is not a joke. I went to seven different stores one day looking for this one type of chip. You know, and those are the stories that you hear, but like I, I know that they're they're real. You know, so yeah, my my experience at the studio was not the most positive for me. I think what for me when I was living here in Utah and working in music, I had internship at, at studios locally, including here at June Audio, before we were in this uh, brand new space, you know? And and it was it's a great studio, it's an awesome place, great gear. But of course, in the back of your mind, you think, I wonder what a big, fancy, glamorous studio would be like. 
And so I had to experience it. And I went and I experienced that electric lady and I decided that I don't need to work at a studio like that ever again in my life. Really? So it, do you think that's definitely a lot different than from from like here, the recording studios here in Utah or even smaller ones? Like, are you, do you think you'd be more involved or? I think it's, I think it's all dependent on who owns the studio, how they run it and the artists that come in, you know? So, um, I'm not saying all studios are, all big studios are evil. That's not what I'm saying at all. It's just my personal experience at what I thought was going to be a really cool studio. Um, turned out to be true. It was a very cool studio, but my role there was, you know, the worst cleaning toilets and running around all the time and uh, we had night shifts which started at 6 p.m and ended at 9 a.m if the artists were still there so you would always hope like they're gonna call it early they're gonna end at like 2 a.m i'll be home by four but three out of four nights you would stay until 9 a.m when morning shift showed up uh, which was just brutal. A couple of those every week and a couple day shifts every week. So your schedule's all flip-flopped. And uh, and so much drug use that I, I mean, I don't really, personally, I'm like, if you want to do drugs, that's your, that's your deal, right? But what I kept seeing is the people that were moving up were the people that were, you know, partying with the engineers and partying with the producers and artists and stuff. And that's not, that's not me or my jam, so... Um, I just felt like I'm never going to move up at this place. <laughs> so when my internship ended, uh, I was like, uh, well, there's no job for me here in New York. I sent my resume around, of course, but every studio is so saturated. So I moved back here to Utah and uh, started gigging again. And right at that time, I hit up um, Scott Wiley, the owner of June Audio, who I'd interned with previously and said, hey, man, I'm in town if you need an assistant or an engineer please let me know and at that time one of the, uh, his assistants and other engineers had just left the studio so it was a perfect opportunity for me to to kind of step into his role and uh yeah kind of went from there awesome awesome so to kind of uh switch gears a little bit um let's just talk about like the recording aspect and and when you go into like a recording uh what are your thoughts first of all what is kind of the first thing you do to to talk to the artist and and to get do you want to get to know them first you want to get to know like some of their goals that they have you know what happens uh, yeah it, it really depends on my role you know uh, a lot of projects i am working as strictly an engineer so for that for that i mean i always want to get to know the people you know and have a good rapport with them i like meeting new people so yeah there's definitely a conversation like hey uh, how you doing you know what's your name all that and then just kind of like yeah what's the plan for today you know like i don't know your music and i don't know exactly what what you want to do so what's what's the plan you know and this often happens also through text before so it's like we can be prepared for oh you're recording drums well we already have drums set up you know or oh it's just vocals cool we can set up a couple vocal mics no problem so um there's a lot of that that happens before and um that's more of just an understanding yeah what are we doing today um there's other a lot of other sessions where i'm also producing a song for them and so for those sessions i obviously already know what we need and have a plan for it so it's more uh it's more down to business i i think because i've 
you know, I've already met with the artist outside of the studio or whatever and been to their house and jammed out the songs or, or started roughs. And so it's more just like, all right, come in. Let's, let's get the vocal mic fired up and let's, let's start doing some vocal takes. Or, you know, maybe it is drum day and, and we have the drummer coming in. So it's like, hey, meet the drummer. Let's make it happen. Okay. So. I, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. What do you think is like the ratio between, uh, you know, you producing and then you engineering? Or do you get to pick those jobs or is it usually like assigned to you? Uh, it's not an assigned thing. Yeah, no, it's definitely a it's a pick kind of job, I guess. Um, the ratio it it changes all the time. Um, there's I'll go a couple months here where it feels like um, you know I'm working on a big album that I'm producing, so it seems like lots of the sessions that I have I'm I'm producing. And then when those projects finish, I'll go you know month or so where I'm not really producing anything and just engineering. And honestly, it's kind of nice to have both because with engineering you you capture whatever is happening the best that you can with the right microphones and the right gear and listening very intensely, making sure everything sounds right. But you don't have to decide anything artistic. <laughs> you know, you can just sit back and, and, and let the band members or the producer be like, that take sucked, you know, try again. And, and you're just kind of along for the ride. Um, and then when you're in the producer role, it is pretty fun to be driving the ship a little bit more and uh, obviously have say in the artistic, but you have to worry about both sides, the artistic and the technical side. So is, is there like a favorite genre you like to either to either mix or produce, or, or is there something that, um, that like you're like, oh man, I can like really personally um, attest to this because like you've sang the music or something like that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a pop kid for the most part. So um, when I'm producing, I do like to produce pop music or like songs with kind of a poppy vibe if you will um that being said uh from the recording aspect it's really there's so much music that's actually really pleasurable to record you know like more classical sessions or um yeah like classical based music it's not exactly my jam but you set up the microphones and set up all the gear and then you kind of sit back and enjoy a concert from amazing players like for example today we had some string players in a violinist and a cello player who were both fantastic and so pull up a song press record and just really be able to sit back and and hear awesome awesome stuff you know that that's that's like a pleasurable listening recording and listening experience the opposite sometimes happens also where you're recording a singer that can't quite hit the notes, you know, or a singer who's, you know, maybe a little bit coming off of a cold or whatever. And so, yeah, it's not a very fun session because you're listening to people almost sing music. It's, you know, so there's just... <laughs> that, def that definitely makes the sense. The highs and lows of recording. But, uh, yeah, sorry, back to your question. I'm getting sidetracked. But, yeah, I like pop music a lot. And I like recording bands because it's just a fun dynamic always. So uh, whatever whatever band is playing I'm down and then that classical music is also pretty fun with your gear um you know obviously it's a lot different from people who are first starting out and who don't have a giant you know studio um because it's kind of like gear for days in here mm -hmm. do you kind of personally like I want to choose these things in like a certain session that you're going into or is it kind of just like you know this is predetermined and we use this basically like every day it's the usual um I mean there are definitely some tried and true microphones and techniques so uh, we definitely try and keep it fresh and change things up. That being said, we've recorded 
guitar enough to know what microphones almost always work. And, you know, so so when it's like, oh, time to record an electric guitar, you're like, well, we, you know, we have a handful of mics that are, do a great job. And, you know, we I think we know. Uh, same Most instruments, I feel like, are in that category. Like, you know, a, an actual grand piano. It's like, yeah, we, we have a, a selection of microphones that sound fantastic on that. And so within that, you try and change it up. You say, well, let's let's try a different combination or let's try one of the microphones we know works always. Sounds great. And let's try a second pair of microphones that, who knows? Maybe they'll be amazing. Maybe they'll be garbage, you know? So there's definitely a lot of tried and true methods that we use. Uh, but we're always trying to change things. It's It just gets a little bit boring to use the same mics and the same things all the time. And... Uh, and also, it's not just the way it's recorded. I mean, that's how it... People don't want to listen to something they've heard a thousand times either. They want to hear, like, they want to kind of think, like, what is that, you know? Is it a piano recorded from super far away? Or is it a a piano that's recorded from a microphone that's kind of bad on purpose, just so it sounds different and interesting? Um, is that almost where you know, having the, the engineer part of you helps go in if you're like producing a song and you make those decisions, you know, like that, does that help with me? Like, oh, you know what? I know this microphone in and out and I know it can give me this kind of sound. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for me, uh, I'm an engineer employed here, you know, but I, I don't own the gear. So Scott Wiley, you know, the owner of the studio, I pick his brain all the time because he has spent so much time learning his equipment his microphones, his guitars, his amps. You know, it's like there's there's so many options down every step of the signal chain. You know, there's multiple guitars to choose from, multiple mics to choose from, multiple amps to put on. And then, you know, on the studio side of thing, different preamps, different compressors, different EQs, maybe a distortion box. You know, there's so many options. It is nice to have someone like Scott around. We're just like, hey, man, I'm going for this. Help me out. Yeah. And, you know, there's things that... I know, or, or Ryan uh, King or other engineer, you know, we, we maybe know and we can mess with, but also it's always nice to be like, hey, what should I try? Yeah. I, oh, but along the same line, sorry, I was just going to say, like, I think it's really important to have some network, some group of friends, some someone you know you can just ask because everyone tries it a little bit different. Everyone has a different idea. At least for me, when I was um, working from home, mostly, it's pretty isolating. It's just like you and a computer in a room a lot of the time, and maybe one other person, like the artist, you know? But most artists aren't really into recording, so they don't really know. You know, you can't really ask them those questions. So I think it's really important as an engineer or producer, anyone in the music industry, just to have a group of people you can bounce ideas off of. Okay, that was that was a really good insight. So with all of this, you know, obviously we're we're deep in in quarantine right now for COVID nineteen. Has that changed anything um, in here in the studio? You know, have had you guys have you guys had to like close down for a little bit, or you know, have you kind of had to learn to do different things? You know, less people in in the booth and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. We've had uh, definitely a lot less sessions and a lot less like band sessions you know with multiple people in close quarters you know something we've seen uh, increase a bunch is like virtual type 
recording sessions. Um, so there's a couple different softwares you can use, but we use one called Source Connect, which is, yeah, connecting our studio to anyone with an internet connection. Um, so you could have a singer here, and the producer could be in L.A. listening through their laptop and say, oh, yeah, let's try another take. Oh, yeah, you know what? You sound a little flat. Um, it's amazing how connected you can be, obviously, with technology in every form. But to be able to produce a recording session happening hours away is kind of awesome. And we've done a lot of that. Uh, we've been working on a TV show here, recording some um, dialogue for a TV show based in L.A. and Actually, more than one TV show, excuse me, a couple TV shows. And, um, yeah, it's been awesome to, to be able to keep working in that way. Awesome. That kind of leads into, I kind of ask this every episode, with everything, um, there's kind of been like a big uptake of home studios and just people learning how to, re- to record themselves. You know, it's, it's super easy now to, you can get logic on, on your computer, you know, get an audio interface, get your own mic and start recording. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think it's killing um, like your job almost as, as the engineer for recording or, or is it like really good, you know, people learning how to do this and have a better appreciation? Oh, I think it's awesome. I mean, that's how I started, is I was in school, and, you know, you start with one mic, and then you get two mics, and then you learn those two pretty well, and then you upgrade one, and then you decide to keep one, and, you know, like, I, I think it's awesome, and I think that uh, if you like music and recording music, you should totally try and record your own, for a number of reasons. I think it's a super fun, um, like, side of it. But also, it'll save you so much money in the long run. Um, personally, I I recommend like everyone just trying to record their own songs at home, even if you know you're going to replace it once you get to the studio. Just having the idea already recorded and flushed out helps so much. Um, I don't I don't see it. I mean, yes, like I'm sure like across the country, a lot of large studios have closed down over the last you know ten to twenty years. And that's a lot of, yeah, recording is getting smaller, it's getting cheaper, it's getting more accessible. But, like, to me, that's great news. That means more people can record, more people can get their ideas out, and more people that in the past wouldn't have ever been discovered or an artist now can be. Um, yeah, like, to me, recording studios will always have their purpose and their place. And that's for, um, you know, maybe more established artists that can't afford to go to a studio. But also, lots of reco- uh, people recording at home, when they want to splurge on something, they come to the studio. You know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of things that I feel like you don't need to go to the studio for. Like, you know, electric guitars. You don't need to go to the studio for that. Um, even acoustic guitar, you could probably get away with. Some vocals, you're fine. Drums, I feel like you got to go. If you want good-sounding drums, definitely. you should definitely go to the studio. Yeah. And I personally, I think lead vocals. So on a lot of tracks that I produce at home for other artists, I bring them in for those things, drums and vocals. And I think that's what will always keep studios alive is there are some things that you just can't really get done at home without spending so much money that you might as well pay a couple bucks and go to the studio for an afternoon. Um, But yeah, I think it's great. More people recording, I really think, is awesome. It's how I started, and I love it, and I hope that everyone finds joy in it that wants to 
That's really good to hear. I think that's kind of been a consensus. It's a really positive thing. Um, I just want to thank you again for coming and, and interviewing for me uh, with me. It's been really awesome to learn insights, just kind of pick your brain. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Come on down to the studio anytime, guys. <laughs> Big thanks to Jed and June Audio for letting me come down there and interview and record. I think this was a great episode. Hopefully you guys learned something new from it. If you haven't listened to our previous two episodes, I would love if you guys would go and listen to those. They're with Jordan Turner, and the other one is with Becky Willard. I definitely think you would learn something from those. They're awesome episodes. Another quick plug for our Instagram, which is going to be Mixed Reviews Pod. Love if you guys would follow us there. Comment who you'd like to see us interview next. Thanks so much for listening.